Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast with Father Brian Barr. In this episode, you'll have the opportunity to listen to the Gospel and Father Brian Barr's homily from this past Sunday. As always, keep an eye out for our Q&A and discussion episodes. Until then, here's the Gospel from August 20th, 2017, the 20th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out, Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus didn't say a word in answer to her. His disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did him homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, it's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the table of their masters. Then Jesus said to her in reply, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So back around uh, Christmas, I got this uh, phone call from a buddy of mine from college. I hadn't spoken to. We kind of lost contact for a bunch of years. And... uh, Anyway, he was calling me for a specific reason. He um, had been asked to give a <clears throat> a eulogy for a uh, high school teacher of his who had died, and it sounded like this guy was kind of a like a legend. This teacher, he he taught in this school for like I think almost fifty years, and was beloved. And um, anyway, my friend uh, got got to know him when he was in high school, and then stayed in touch for you know for years afterwards. Anyway, this was it wasn't a funeral, it was a like a memorial service at the school, I guess a, a month or two after he died. So they asked a couple of um, graduates to speak and kind of represent different segments of this community who loved this teacher. Anyway, he gave me a call. He remember he said to me, Well you're you're sort of in the eulogy business, um, so uh, he wanted to just get my opinion on what he was gonna say. Um, I said, well, I, I'm a little more than the eulogy business, but I said, yeah, I'd be happy to, you know, sure. And he emailed me what he was intending to say. And I read it, and it was great. It was great. Um, it was really good. I, it, was, it was one of these experiences you have where you, I was almost kind of jealous or envious that I didn't know this teacher after hearing him describe him. Uh, he sounded like a character, really, like a, a character in a movie or, or a great novel. Anyway, his main point was the impact that this this man had on him and, and, and countless other students over the years. And the big point was really that he used to challenge them. He really pushed them. They had a kind of a... They loved him but, and respected him, but I think there was like a little bit of a kind of a fear factor also, but like appropriate fear, you know, respect fear of this guy. They didn't certainly didn't want to disappoint him. And he would push these kids. He'd push them to go beyond what they thought they were capable of and and he sort of had this sixth sense he knew 
what they were capable of, and very often they weren't pushing for it, and he'd push them to, to find it. Anyway, he kind of explained all that in the context of this one story his senior year in high school. He was on the debate team. My friend's name is Will, and uh, sounded, I don't really know much about debating, and de de certainly not competitive, but it um, sounded like this was pretty serious stuff, pretty pretty competitive, and um, he was, um, he said he was, he was a behind the scenes guy. He was part of the team, but he would be the, uh, the researcher and the fact checker. So he'd be up there during the debate, but he'd never really say anything. He'd never debate the opponents. He'd just hand his teammates a little fact or a, you know, something to say, because he did a lot of the background work. And he said he was very shy when he was a 17 year old. Uh, kind of painfully shy, really, really introverted. And so he was very okay being in the shadows. Well, this teacher wasn't okay with him being in the shadows, and he explained how for pretty much through high school, he was always pushing him to be more public and to be more vocal and to get out of the shadows, basically. Um, and he talks about the end of the, the end of the, I guess, debate season. I was sort of equating it to like a sports season, and it sounded like this might have almost been like you know the playoffs, postseason play, and again, real competitive and whatever. The details don't matter. I don't even remember them. But they had to give this kind of this preliminary debate, which was may or may not get them to this next level, and they were prepping for it. Uh, but I guess two days before it, and everything was riding on this date debate. This kid, Will's mother, got sick. Seriously, like hospital emergency sick. And for two days was in the hospital. So for those two days prior to this debate, he did nothing other than be pretty much with his mother. Uh, he wasn't prepping for this debate at all. So they were not ready. So I guess the day before the debate, they go to this teacher and just say, hey, can you, can you give us an extension? We're just, we're not ready to do this. Um, and the teacher says no. He's just kind of matter of fact, like no, no, no extension. And they were, they were shocked at this. They were like, they completely thought they, he was going to give them the extension. This was a, a very legitimate reason. His mother was close to death. And he's like, no, you, no, I'm not going to give it to you. So the, his his teammates are like stunned, and they regroup, and they're like giving it, giving him grief because. I don't know, it wasn't his fault, but it was his mom, so they're kind of putting the blame on him. And they go, like, you gotta go, you gotta go talk to him. This is crazy. So he goes back to him, and he's a wreck. He's a shy kid to begin with, and now he's kind of going back to ask this question again, and he goes into his office. And he explains the situation with his mother, about his mother again, and he asks for the extension again. And he just very matter-of-factly says no again. So he's even like more shocked at this. He thought maybe the first time he didn't quite get all the details. So the kid leaves. He leaves the teacher's office and he's... He's stunned, but he's also really becoming angry. He just... He's angry at what this guy is doing or refusing to do in a sense. So he waits a second and says, in the, uh, he, he waits a second or two in the hall and he does an about face and he goes back into his office and he's at his desk and he just says, um, this is wrong. You're wrong. Like, what you're doing here just isn't right. 
being with my mother the last two days was right. And I'd do that all over again. And we deserve this extension. And he said, uh, again, I, I picture this like a scene in a movie. He said he was at the desk, and he kind of looks up to him and stares at him. And what he said felt like forever. And then he goes, uh, you're right. You got the extension. Now, why can't you speak that way in a debate? Why can't you talk that way to your opponents? So you got the extension, but I want to hear from you tomorrow, or whenever the debate was going to be. So he realized in that moment what this, this teacher had done. It was he almost set him up. He forced a fight. He forced this kid to kind of push back in a good way, in a, in a right way. And my friend says, here's the irony of it all, the kid who was comfortable in the shadows and who was desperately afraid of public speaking, he's now, he's speaking this eulogy. And he said what this teacher did to him is what he did to so many. He pulled them out of their fears. And he pulled them out of, pushed them out of their comfort zones. And he pushed them to where they were meant to be and where God wanted each of those, all of us to be. It's this gospel, I think. It's what happens between this woman and Jesus in this gospel, I think. She's a mother, and her daughter is sick. Like, scary sick. Something is not right. They think she's possessed. And she's probably tried everybody and everything, and she's realized nobody out there only geez, only this guy can help me with the problems I've got. Maybe she wasted money on, on other ways of thinking it might help. But at some point, she's like, no, no, I, I think only he can do it. So she says, you got to help my daughter. You have to help me. It's like, you got to give me this extension. And Jesus is like, no, no, you're not getting it. Now, just, you know, I think it's always important when we hear these gospel stories we know this, but just good to remember it, like, they're really old stories from a long time ago in another part of the world and a very different culture. So things that would be normal for us would be totally foreign. And things we hear in the gospel, like, the context is huge. Just consider this. First of all, she's a woman. And a woman, now again, we wouldn't make note of this, but in the time of Jesus, a woman would not be publicly speaking to a man, especially a foreigner. So she's a woman, she's a foreigner, she's not Jewish, and she's got this desperate situation. She has got a lot, more than three strikes against her at this point. Man, if anybody needed help, if anybody deserved the help of Jesus, it would be this woman. And Jesus' response is, no! You're a foreigner. I'm only helping my people. I'm not helping you. And then she says, makes this, and then he makes this reference to her being, because she's a foreigner, like, almost like a dog. And then she pushes back on that. She says, yeah, well, yeah, okay, but the dog's got, they're fed the crumbs. It's all about this woman, I think. Because what Jesus says doesn't, it's so not Jesus-like. It's like racist talk. 
Why is he saying this? Why is he treating this woman? Why is he acting the way he is? Maybe it was this. Maybe Jesus was being that teacher in that story. Maybe Jesus knew what this woman was capable of. Think about it. When is her daughter healed? She doesn't get healed until the mother pushes back. She doesn't get any she doesn't get the freedom that she seeks, the healing she needs until mom picks a fight with Jesus. And that's when the that's when the magic begins to happen. I mean, what if she just, hey, when Jesus said no, what if she was like, all right, and if she just walked away, what would have happened? There was nobody else to heal her daughter. Her daughter never would have been healed. We all know people who need healing, and man, they go everywhere else but to Jesus. Every cheesy book they'll read, every whatever, will go anywhere but the church, anywhere but faith to find the freedom that they need and it's the only place they're gonna get it here's like the sad irony of it so here's a question and I think it's a big one it's a, it's a broad one and I think it's an important one are there people in your life who on some level are saying no to something that shouldn't you shouldn't be getting a no from them you're asking for something. You believe you deserve something, and you don't get it. Maybe it's maybe it is something at work, and it's like it's respect, and I'm not getting the respect I deserve from this clown. And you kind of accept it. You won't push back. You won't be the mother in this gospel. You won't be the kid in that eulogy. You just kind of accept the no. It's like, I need this extension. And you get laughed at, and you walk away. Hey, worse than that, maybe it's somebody at home who's just not... It's like, what you're asking for, you deserve. What you're asking for is beyond reasonable. And you don't get it. It's a level of attention. It's a level of, level of focus. It's a level of compassion. And somebody in your life needs a wake-up call. But you're kind of accepting the no. Don't. Sometimes we've got to fight. This woman did, and she got what she needed. What's some extension you're asking for that just, you're getting a, you're getting pushback. Well, you push the pushback. Push back further. You know, I was reading this article somebody sent me. It was pretty cool. It was about this, written by this husband and wife. They got four kids. One's in college, two, two are in high school, one's in middle school. And it was, the article's about uh, family life and how things have changed in family life, certainly since they were kids. And even within the years of their family, they're like, they're not liking where things have gone at home. So the name of the article is... Um, Taking back the kitchen. Kind of interesting. Taking back the kitchen. Like, it was presumed in that is the family place has been sort of stolen from us. Taking back the kitchen, and it's subtitled Speaking Truth to Power. And the real point of it is, like, the guy, the, the husband, he had a key, he's primarily the writer, and he's like, we're like never together anymore. 
Everything seems to get in the way of us as a family, as a unit. And he's very reasonable. He's like, hey, we got it. We got a two in high school. We got one in college. Like, it can't be like when they were all in grade school. Of course, there's going to be less family time together when you got an older family. But he said, this had become crazy. And the final straw was vacation. They used to go, it sounded like, I think they were in the Midwest, but it sounded like they used to go, like, to the Adirondacks or the Catskills, a lake that they, every year they'd go to for a week. And last summer, the guy was like, they were fighting to find a week. It was so impossible. And he said they ended up going on some abbreviated joke of a vacation. It was like a long weekend. And he resented it. He was like, this wasn't worth it. Just when we were getting settled, we were packing up to go home. Because everybody, and then he talked about his youngest, who's I think like in sixth grade, and he's playing football. And it was August 1st. The first game isn't like this till the second weekend of September. And they got practices Monday through Friday, all of August. And he's got this lunatic football coach who thinks he's Vince Lombardi, who's like telling this sixth grader he's got to be at these practices seven weeks before opening day and the father was like all right all right you know maybe we'll we'll drop you off here we'll do this and finally he was like time out no you're going on vacation and he talked about they talked about um meals together and again he was like hey we're never we're not having meal we're not having dinner together six seven nights a week but it had become like zero so they created some new ground rules and in the the, the, the last year things got better a whole lot better than they were. You know, the subtitle of that article was Speaking Truth to Power. And who, who were the power sources in that couple's situation? It was this football coach. They referenced a school administrator that was ex demanding too much. One of the high school kids had gotten a job at the mall. And, oh, and he was talking about the, hey, he hadn't even gone to church because the job was getting in the way. Hey, listen. If your job at Abercrombie is keeping you from getting to mass on the weekend, then go get another job. Yeah, they have really cool sweaters there. Well, so what? You're not going to need sweaters in hell, right? So get get a new, get it, get another job. Got to be kidding. Oh, my my summer job. Hey, listen. What happens though? When the power sources aren't your boss or your coach, what happens if the, the power is God? What happens if the person you think you need to fight is God? Where do you go then? What did the woman in the gospel do? She, she went to God. She picked a fight with Jesus. And she won. She got what she needed. I think very often we're afraid to do that. We are angry. Something wrong has happened. Something desperately unfair has happened, tragic in our lives. And there's no person to blame. And we're kind of, it's like, no, God could have done something. So we're annoyed at Him, but we're afraid to express it. We divert it to other people. I was in, I, I, I belong to the gym across the street. Um, what is it? Athlete, uh, what is it? Sports What is it? The sports club? Oh, New York. Yeah, I knew it was more than sports club. New York sports club. 
This is how pathetic. I, don't, I never even go. I don't even know the name of it. I was there maybe like in February or March, which is probably the last time I was there, and I'm on the tr um, treadmill. And a, and a parishioner, a guy I know, comes up to me uh, and it says hello. So we start talking for a second, and, and he's got a friend of him, his with him. So that he in introduces me, and yeah, that's it. He's not from here, uh, the friend. And I finish my, my run, and I'm and I'm done. And this guy comes over, who I was introduced to, and I could tell he kind of wants to say something. So I'm kind of walking away, and he's with me, and he goes, uh, "I used to be very active in my church." And I'm like, oh, great. Like, where's your church? He told me where it was. But he says, no, but not anymore. Not anymore. He's like, I don't go to church anymore. And um, he's like, uh, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm not sort of done with God. And totally he wanted me to ask why. I mean, it was, I wasn't going to be like, okay. And like, see ya. Um, I'm like, well, how come? And he went on to describe a couple of, like, terrible things that happened in his life. Like, tragic death things people who died suddenly times when he prayed for something and, it, and he didn't get what he, he so needed and it was a legitimate request and he kind of finally was like it's like I'm done he was angry but you know what it was weird it was like he didn't know where to channel the anger he was like he picked a fight with me at the gym I'm like I didn't have anything to do with those things yeah but I think in his head it was like, yeah, but you're the you're the the, the priest, you're the, the God guy. I'm like, go talk to God. If you got a problem with God, go talk to God. What? Why are you afraid? I think we're afraid to bring our honest selves to God. And if you're really upset about something or really confused about something, bring it to Him and stop messing up my workout, please. Like, bring it. Bring it to God. But you know what? Hey, the guy did the right thing. He at least was like, all right, priest, let me, let me. He talked to somebody. That's the start. But you know what my thing would be? I'll talk to you. I'll give you the little I might be able to help you with. But you know where I'm going to point you. I'll point you to him. I'm going to point you to a conversation with him. I'm going to point you to prayer. I'm going to point you to mass. Have it out with God and see what happens. Become the woman in the gospel. And find the freedom that you can't seem to grasp right now. You know, I love the like the whole concept of freedom fighters. You know, every every history has their expression of that. At some point in their history, when you know oppressive forces came in, they were taken over, and there was this resistance movement. These freedom fighters were like, "No, we're going to take back what's ours," and they they get in a fight. I think we need to do that. That's what this gospel lady did. That's what this desperately shy kid 40 years ago did to that teacher. And they both got what they needed. They both found the freedom they sought. They were freedom fighters. So what's something that needs to be maybe taken back? The right fight. The right fight brings right freedom so bring it on thank you for listening to this week's homily once again keep an eye out for our discussion and our Q&A episodes don't forget if you've got a question for Father Brian you can send an email to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com 
or you can connect with us at facebook.com slash beachcatholicpodcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast by downloading the iTunes app for iPhones and the Stitcher app for all other devices. And as always, please share with your loved ones. We'll be back next week, and until then, God bless.